welcome to Author Talk on Atlanta Mix 108. I'm your host, author M.L. Lustrak. I'm here with a very special guest with me tonight, author Elliot Parker, and he's going to share with us about his new release, Code for Murder. Elliot, it's a pleasure to have you with us tonight. Thank you so much, Melissa. It's great, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Now, I see your book, Code for Murder, is set in Cleveland, Ohio, with a very fictional Cleveland Browns player. Can you tell us a little about how you came up with the story? Oh, sure. Absolutely. Um, A lot of this kind of comes from uh, personal experience, and a lot of it comes from uh, family experience as well. My my dad's side of the family, uh, I'm, I'm from West Virginia originally, my dad's side of the family, they were coal miners, uh, and a lot of them worked in the coal fields in southern West Virginia uh, in the 50s and 60s. Uh, and when those coal mines started going through their first downturn, a lot of the mines really in the late 60s, mid to late 60s, early 70s started to shut down. A lot of my dad's uncles and, and, and aunts and all of them uh, moved north uh, for work. So they moved to Cleveland. They went and worked in the uh, shipyards. Uh, down by Lake Erie. They worked in the steel mills down by Lake Erie in Cleveland. A couple of them worked at the uh, Goodyear rubber plant in Akron when it was up and active. So I can remember growing up, we would go up there and visit them quite a bit, um, you know, in the summertime and holidays and things of that nature. So, you know, Cleveland was almost kind of like a second home because we were up there so much. Uh, and plus, my dad was a huge Cleveland Browns fan. So, we, you know, we had a lot of uh, connections to Cleveland, both personal and familial. Uh, and so I just felt like that would be a, a great place to, to set a murder mystery or to set a thriller story. Um, and so that's why I chose Cleveland. Sounds like a very interesting story from what I've read from your Amazon page so far. Now, I also see you wrote three previous novels. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those before we get into the awards that you were nominated for? Yeah, sure, absolutely. Uh, the book that came out before Code for Murder was called Fragile Brilliance, and that is set in Charleston, West Virginia, where I grew up. And it's a story about a police sergeant named Rona McAuliffe, who at the beginning of the story is responding to the um, – uh, assault of a college student outside outside of a downtown Charleston sports bar. Uh, and not to give too much away in the story, but that attack and what happens to Ronan and that college student, whose name is Michael Warner, uh, what happens to them at that attack really propels everything uh, throughout the remainder of the novel. Uh, and one of the interesting things about Ronan is he's gay, and uh, he and his partner have to Uh, navigate uh, not only Ronan's dangerous job as he kind of pursues what uh, these attackers and pursues these criminals, uh, but they have to try to keep their uh, relationship somewhat secret in order to protect Ronan's job. So that's a little bit about Fragile Brilliance. I'm I'm pleased to mention that the sequel to Fragile Brilliance, called A Knife's Edge, uh, will be out later this fall uh, or early uh, 2019. So uh, the sequel to that book is coming up uh, pretty soon. Um, my other book was uh, – my other murder mystery or mystery thriller story was called Breakdown at Clear River. Uh, it's set on a fictional college campus, again, in West Virginia where I grew up, um, and it involves a group of college students. One of the students at the school is a victim uh, – is the victim in the story. He's found in a dormitory stairwell, uh, murdered prior to the beginning of the school semester, and so his friends have to find out kind of what really happened to him while the school tries to cover it up and move on from the situation uh, involved there. And then I wrote another story called Making Arrangements, which is not a murder mystery story, uh, 
but it's set in uh, Concord, Massachusetts, which is outside of Boston, and it centers on Colin Madsen and uh, his decision to keep or sell the family funeral home that has been left to him uh, after his father's passed away. So mostly write uh, mystery thriller stories, but uh, I've got sort of a, a family drama story wedged in there in the middle. It's always nice to have one oddball story that you wrote in between all your murder mysteries. Now, yes, I see yes, a- that absolutely. Fragile Brilliance was a finalist, finalist for Lords of Discipline Thriller Prize, correct? And I also yes, see right. that right. you won the Literary Merit Award for West Virginia in 2016 as well as the Bronze Award for the Mystery Thriller Writing from the National Liter- Literary Habitat Organ- Organization. So you've quite accomplished yeah. there. Yeah. Oh, well, well thank you. I, you know, I, I, was, I, I was honored to, to, to win those awards uh, or to be nominated for them. Um, the one I'm really, you know – and I know you know this as a writer. You know you, you don't really write for awards. I mean that's that's not really the the purpose of, of doing it. But uh, it's always nice when uh, someone outside of kind of your sphere of influence recognizes your work as as being quality work. But I was really proud of of being a finalist for the um, Lords of Discipline Thriller Prize, which is now uh, basically called the uh, Southern Book Prize for thriller writing. Uh, now that Pat Conroy has died, um, and I was really proud of that because Pat Conroy is. Uh, is or was an idol of mine. I mean, I I, I became a writer for for because of two writers. Pat Conroy was one of them, and John Steinbeck was the other. Um, and, and I can remember, you know, being in high school and college, devouring everything that uh, John Steinbeck and Pat Conroy wrote, just because the, you know their sentences and the their descriptions and the way they created characters was just so lush and rich and wonderful. Um, to be to be a finalist for an award associated with a writer that you have looked up to and have uh, really admired for so long was, was a real, a real treat and a real honor. Um, in fact, uh, he wrote, uh, he wrote me a little note and signed it uh, when that, uh, not when the finalist list was announced. And it, it basically said, keep writing. It said, dear Elliot, keep writing Pat Conroy. And I still got that. In fact, I framed it. Uh, you know, I framed it when I got it. And then of course he, he died a little over a year later. So um, when I'm having moments where I'm struggling to write or I'm wondering, you know, <laughs> is this time well spent or am I getting anywhere with this writing project? I will pull that out and look at it and uh, think about Pat Conroy that, uh, you know, he took the time to encourage me to keep writing. So that, that, that was a tremendous honor to be uh, connected with an award associated with his name. Oh, yes. It's always as an author, as a writer, as a journalist to get an award that's associated with an idol that goes far beyond anything else that you can get in the award atmosphere. Now, are you a pantser or a planner with your writing? Oh boy, that that's a great question. I I am I, I'm more of a planner than a pantser. Um, however, I do not. Uh, I do not plan myself to the point where writing becomes restrictive and becomes, uh, you know, becomes, uh, you know, a situation where I feel like I have no flexibility to step out of kind of my outline. 
Um, a good way to compare that, if if you know, if you listen to any interviews with James Patterson, and I, I use this a lot when I'm when I'm giving workshops or talking to students or any, really anybody about writing, is you know, James Patterson will tell you he does these very detailed, intricate outlines that are 16, 17, 18 pages long, and he can tell you the color shirt that a character is going to wear in chapter three, and he can tell you the color jeans that the character is going to wear in chapter 16, and he can tell you the temperature on of the day on chapter 18. I don't do outlines that detailed. Um, what I typically do, uh, I have an idea of beginning, middle, and end, kind of how I want the novel to begin, what I think the or short story, or, or what the climactic moment is going to be, and then kind of what the, the, the resolution is going to be. Um, I use post-it notes a lot to keep track of that, and I'll color code those post-it notes. So uh, green post-it notes might be uh, you know, for setting, pink post-it notes might be for plot, red post-it notes might be for uh, character development, blue post-it notes might be for setting. And, you know, and I'll put those up on a, on a piece of poster board and move those around as I'm going through the story, as I'm thinking about it, as I'm working through the different uh, plot points in the novel. Um, and I do that for a couple of reasons. One, it helps me not to forget something uh, that I want to include, but also it's kind of rewarding when you, when you look at it and you wonder, you know, am I really making any progress at all on this novel or am I making any progress at all on this short story? And you can go in and see, well, yeah, actually you are, because yesterday you had, you know, seven or eight pieces of information about the setting in your settings column on your post-it notes. Now you only have four. So you are making progress and you are kind of, uh, you know, moving in that right direction of having a completed draft. So, uh, so, so I do, I, I do plot, but I definitely don't do the, the James Patterson 16 page Roman numeral outline, you know, one, two, three, ABC, one, two, three. Um, I just find that's too constricting for me. It's too much like a, like a math equation. And I feel like I get too focused on making sure I check off every part of that outline that I don't give myself the freedom and the flexibility to, to do some different things or sometimes just let the story go in whatever direction it's going to go in. Um, so, yeah, I, I do have to have a little bit of, uh, a little bit of plotting uh, when I sit down to write something. Now, you mentioned you do um, workshops. Do you have any that are coming up that other authors could get in touch with you at? Uh, I, I do not right now. There's a possibility of, of one coming up in November uh, in West Virginia, and that is affiliated with an organization called the West Virginia Writers Organization. They have a fall one-day conference, uh, which takes place in Flatwoods, West Virginia, which if you've ever been to West Virginia or know anything about that, uh, it's about halfway between Charleston, which is the capital city, and Pittsburgh, which is on Interstate 79. It's about halfway to both those places. Um, I've been tentatively asked to do a workshop for that conference, uh, but I don't know exactly now. You know, haven't had it all finalized yet. Uh, but I did several workshops last year, uh, spoke on several panels. I spoke at, on a panel at the Ohio Anna Book Festival in April. Um, I gave a workshop at the West Virginia Book Festival uh, in October last year. I gave a workshop at the Lewisburg Literary Festival last August. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm giving workshops and, and speaking uh, uh, about writing or about certain aspects of writing or about mystery thriller writing at any time, and I'm, I'm certainly welcome to do that if one of your listeners is involved in an organization and would like me to come speak or you know, I can do workshops for five people or I can do workshops for 50 people. That, that doesn't necessarily matter, but I'm, I'm happy to, uh, happy to, to, 
talk with folks about that if they would like me to come and speak to their writing group or the organization or uh, conduct a workshop. Now, I also find with a lot of authors, small press to mainstream, a lot have other talents besides writing. Like for me, it's digital art and um, translating. Do you have any other talents? Not really any other. Uh, I, I would say I, I don't really know if I have any other talents. And there's a lot of things I like to do. You know, certainly outside of writing, uh, I like to travel. I like to take walks. Uh, I like to play basketball. I like to uh, go to the movies. I like to uh, read, certainly, uh, which I think is probably pretty, pretty, pretty close to what every writer uh, is. Uh, I'm also a college professor. I teach um, English at Mount West Community College in Huntington, West Virginia. So uh, I, I don't know if that's necessarily a talent, but I, I feel like I do that relatively well, although some semesters better than others, just depending on what's going on and what the circumstances are. Um, but, uh, but I find, you know, I, I love the arts and I love the fine arts and the performing arts, but, but I found that, you know, in terms of engaging with those or having talents and all of those, really writing is my sort of is my main thing. Although I like to, uh, you know, interact and attend and, and support uh, the other arts, but a lot of the things I like to do are not always connected with writing. Sounds fair. And, your readers can find you on your website. Would you like to give us the name? Sure. The website is just my name, ElliotParker.com, and that's E-L-I-O-T as in Tom, P as in Pat. Uh, so one L one T in, in Elliot, ElliotParker.com. Uh, I've got uh, certainly my biography there. I have uh, information about my books there, links to where you can go buy the books uh, or check them out. Um, I also have links to interviews that I've given and other sort of press clippings and stories and articles that have been done on me uh, in the past as different books have come out and those kinds of things. So, yeah, so people would certainly like to know more about me. Um, I, I, my, my website's there. I'm getting ready to make another update to the website, and we were talking about workshops a minute ago, and I, I'm going to put – I'm going to have a workshops tab. I'm working on adding that to the website to where – uh, if someone wants me to come and do a workshop for their writing group or their organization, I can give a list, or I'll have a list there, four or five uh, ones that I've done most often or that I'm most often requested to conduct in different places. Um, so I'll list those there and kind of a description of what those are. Um, but I'll also, you know, certainly willing to, to tailor a, a workshop or tailor a speech or a presentation to whatever someone would like me to do. But I typically have three or four that I'm consistently asked to come and speak about. And so I will put those titles and those descriptions there uh, probably by the middle of July. I should have that up there. So folks that are interested in that can uh, check that out. And I have a contact page. So if you want to get in contact with me, uh, talk about the books or about writing or workshops or whatever, you can uh, leave me a, a message and that'll go right to my email. Now, do, can they also sign up for your newsletter on your website or do you have a newsletter? Yeah. I, I do. They will need to uh, fill out the contacts tab or the contact me tab, uh, and then once that comes to me, uh, I can connect them with the uh, with the newsletter. Okay. I just want to make sure all the listeners have all your contact information before I, we end this interview today. So we have everything on 
from what I've seen, you can find your books on Amazon is the go-to for any books nowadays, it seems, or Barnes & Nobles, yes? Yes, or Books a Million. Um, you know, basically anywhere anybody likes to buy books. I, I, I would mention, though, that if you have a local independent bookstore in your community, um, certainly my books can be purchased there if they don't have the books on the shelves or on the shelf at your favorite local independent bookstore. They can certainly get those for you um, by just asking someone that works at the bookstore to order them for you. And I, I certainly hope folks that, that have one of those independent bookstores in their community will support them because, uh, you know, independent bookstores are really an important part of our community, uh, all of our communities. And it's not just about selling books, but it's about, you know, supporting a business who, you know, employs people that work in your community, keeps the money within your community, reinvests that money in your community. Um, so certainly if you, uh, you know, and that's not to downplay Amazon or Barnes & Noble or Books A Million or any of those other uh, sources, but if you do have a local independent bookstore in your community, uh, I hope folks will, uh, not, just for, not just for my books, but for any books that you're looking for, will uh, support that because uh, independent bookstores really are the, the, one of the hearts of the heartbeats of a lot of communities in our country. And I also find with independent bookstores, you can also ask about local authors. They usually have a section just for them. So that's very that's important. That's exactly too. right. You don't find that in the big stores. You find that in your local author sections with local Yeah, that's, that's, exactly, that's exactly right, a- absolutely. And, you know, it, I am I, so grateful and so thankful to uh, the independent bookstores in West Virginia and Ohio and Virginia and Pennsylvania and Tennessee and, you know, all over the country where my books are, are sold because, you know, the, those folks, as you said, are the ones who will – you know, put your book on display when someone comes in and says, you know, I'm really looking for a good, you know, mystery thriller story, and I'm looking for something to read. Do you have something in mind? They can say, oh, yes, I, you know, over here in our local section or in our regional section or in our Appalachian section or wherever it might be, you know, we, we've got a great book here that I think you'll love. Um, and if you go to uh, a chain bookstore and ask that, oftentimes they're going to tell you, well, let me take you over here to – the section uh, with with them. Let me get you a David Baldacci book, or let me get you a James Patterson book, or let me get you a uh, a Lee Child book. You know that they're not always going to go for that 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 that, that other style, other type of author. So yeah, that that's exactly right. They um, that they are so helpful to authors, especially I know we're really all authors, but especially authors that are starting out and trying to get a foothold established uh, in the marketplace to be able to showcase your books and make it available to readers. Now, for my, myself personally, I know I have book events coming up to, for the rest of the year. Are you doing any, like, book fairs, book expos, or any place that readers can connect with you face-to-face at? Sure, yes. I will be, um, I will be at the uh, Mountain State Arts and Crafts Fair uh, in Ripley, West Virginia in July. That's July 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th. Uh, I will be at the Lewisburg Literary Festival. That's in West, Lewisburg, West Virginia, uh, the first weekend in August. I will be at um, uh, I will be at the Authors on the Alley, which is at uh, Keystone Books in Ohio. I believe that is the 
first Saturday, maybe the 8th, 7th or 8th. I don't have my calendar in front of me, but the 7th or 8th uh, in uh, in Ohio, I'll be there for that. Uh, I'm going to PendCon, which is a big book convention in St. Louis, uh, later in September. I will be uh, at the West Virginia Book Festival in Charleston, West Virginia, at the end of October. And I will be at the Kentucky Book Festival in early November uh, at uh, Frankfort, Kentucky, uh, which is at the Horse Park, I think, there, and one, one of the big one of the big um, um, assembly buildings there at the uh, at the Kentucky Horse Park in Frankfort come November. So yeah, uh, I'll be I'll be out and about all over the place, uh, uh, both kind of in the in the region here, but also kind of going elsewhere uh, as we move through the summer and into early fall. There we go. And it was very nice to have you with us today and telling me all about your books and telling our listeners all about where you're at, how they can get a hold of you, and what's to come with your books and your work. Well, it was my pleasure to uh, be on the program, and I really appreciate you inviting me and having me on. And I hope to have you on again when your next book comes out in 2019. Sounds great. Look forward to it. All righty. I will talk to you then. And for our listeners, this is Melissa Ruschak, author of the Light and Dark series, signing off for Atlanta Mix 108.